Welcome to Asia Rising, a podcast from Latrobe Asia, where we discuss the news, views and general happenings of Asian states and societies. I'm your host today, Matt Smith. China and Australia have a long relationship anchored by strong trade bonds, but it isn't without tension. The two countries often find themselves sitting on opposite sides of the same table when it comes to broader bilateral ties. And disagreements over foreign investment and the position and interests of allied countries threaten to prevent any meaningful cooperation or interaction. To examine the Australia-China relationship, I talked to Professor Ho Minyue. He's the Deputy Director of the Australian Studies Centre at East China Normal University in Shanghai. The first thing I'd like to ask you is about uh, what China thinks about Australia. So many countries in the world think about China quite a lot when uh, they think about foreign policy and foreign relations. And for Australia, China is at the top of the list of considerations. So how does China think about Australia, if, if at all? To be frank, the Chinese diplomacy, actually the center of it is not um, Australia, of course, okay. the United States. And then next to the United States, Russia, Japan, EU nations, and next to these countries can be uh, ASEAN countries. So only after ASEAN countries, Australia mm. will be thought about by the Chinese people. So Australia is not in the center of the Chinese diplomacy. Many Chinese people were not thinking it appropriate. And why Australia will look at China or regards China in sometimes in some positive, negative ways. And the other thing that by mentioning Australia to many Chinese ordinary people is that they will think about the Australian high quality products, including wool, beef and wine. Mm. And of course, increasingly in the past few years, past a decade or so, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably our, our biggest trade commodity yes, with China. Right. Yeah, actually, I just looked at the statistics yesterday. Mm. Now, the uh, Chinese iron ore imports from Australia uh, before 2014, the percentage share is less than 50% total Chinese imports of iron ore. Mm. Then starting from 2014, over 50% of Chinese iron ore imports come from Australia. And last year, over 63% of Chinese iron ore imports are from Australia. It's huge. Yeah, yeah, Mm. that's a big market. Mm. So trade aside then, and and good quality goods Mm. and and wool and Mm. Ugg boots, What is the Chinese perspective of Australia? Are we important just in relation to who our allies are? Say, for example, uh, our relationship with the US. Is that a factor in in how Australia is perceived? Yeah, actually, in terms of um, Australian foreign policy, some Chinese commentators will view it in a context of the US foreign policy and relations with other countries, especially Mm. U.S. relations with China. But I think that um, this is the general view and understanding of Australian foreign policy and its relations with China. Because I used to study in Australia for some years and I have been working on China-Australia relations over two decades already. My understanding is that this is the choice of Australia itself. Yeah, yeah. This is the Australian choice itself. It doesn't mean 
I choose the United States. I do not have my own foreign policy. Many countries in the world they also choose the United States. To some extent, they are dependent on the United States, but it doesn't mean they do not have their own foreign policies. Do you think that Australia looks to the U.S. too much for its direction? Then Australia, I think, it thinks it's a middle power.、Mm. It expects to play a role in Asia, and、uh, more often than、uh, than not, to play a leadership role in Asia. But Australia also thinks it has its disadvantages in dealing relations with the Asian countries. Mm. Without the、um, support or cooperation from a Western nation, a big power like the United States, Australia is not confident enough about its positive role it can play in Asia. What sort of opportunities do you think it's missing out on then? Well, I think one opportunity I think is the.、Uh, The continuity of the leadership role in regionalization in East Asia. Paul Keating expressed, "Say facing Asia or facing the East is facing our future," and John Howard adjusted a little bit. But then, when we say, when Bob Hooke was the Prime Minister, he initiated together with other nations in the region, APEC process, and Paul Keating initiated an APEC leaders meeting.、Mm. And also, these two PMs of Australia, they helped with the Cambodian peace process. If that trend can continue, that momentum can continue, and I think Australia will be more welcome,、mm. more say warmly welcomed, and by more Asians and countries. Those. Circumstances were more than fifteen years ago, close to twenty years ago now. Yeah. So in in that time frame,、uh, do you think Australia has been taking a very different role, if at all? Not different at all, because the- Australia paid more attention to now, for instance, in John Howard's time, paid more attention to bilateralism、mm. rather than regionalism. Even though regionalization is still there, but it's not the topest, you know, agenda. And the the first priority for John Howard government is bilateral linkages with the various countries, including the United States, China, and Japan. But the point is that there is always the competition between globalization and regionalization in East Asia or throughout the world. If you pay too much attention to bilateralism, you will miss something. In your role、mm. in the regionalisation, Australia being a country that is geographically located、mm. in Asia,、mm. it seems to pay a lot of attention to、uh, where it's come from, from its origins, rather than where it is and the, the countries that are its neighbours. Do you think that that's a wise course of action, and, sh- and should we be changing our priorities that way? Oh well, Australia has always been. In a worry about the Asianization, but Australia will not be Asianized. Australia can only be Australianized.
not Asianized. All right.、Mm. Now, by saying Australianization, it doesn't mean Australia cannot play a positive role in Asia or cannot play a positive role globally. Actually, if you deal with the things in an appropriate way, now for instance, say you try to adopt the way of ambiguity to deal with the relations with big powers. Especially big powers like the United States and China, why don't you keep ambiguous and do not so straightforward?、Mm. Now, if you make a comparison between Australia and、uh, its ancient neighbors, apart from Japan as an ancient nation, which is also very direct in its attitude towards China, can you see any other ancient countries apart from Japan will be so direct? In terms of their Chinese attitude, in terms of their relations with the United States, say,、mm. I'm on the side of the United States. I'm totally in opposition to the Chinese stance and policies. No, ancient nations, ancient people will express their attitude and stand in a subtle way. Sometimes directly, very often indirectly.、Mm. But Australians. We're not,、uh, we're not subtle. You, yeah, you will very often see that they will express their views and especially express their differences、mm. with the ancient neighbors very directly. And do you think that the mention, direct mention of differences with other people, will make other people happy? No. Yeah. No, of course. How do you see being a good way to promote more mutually beneficial relationships then between China and Australia? Well, I think yeah, and these two nations are. Actually, economically speaking, are interdependent.、Mm. They rely on each other. As I said, if you look at it, it's, it's e- a very uneven reliance, though. Yeah, not even, but、mm. uh, uh, well, become comparatively even. But anyway, now if you take a look at the、uh, resources sector, as I've mentioned, sixty-three percent of Chinese iron ore imports are from Australia, while over seventy percent of Australian iron ore exports. Go to China, so this is very close interdependence. They termed this kind of relations between China and Australia, a sort of economic marriage.、Mm. They cannot get divorced. If they get divorced, both will be hurt. Do you think China will be able to find over sixty percent of iron ore imports elsewhere? No. And do you think that Australia can find another market which can absorb, which can take? It's seventy percent, or even more than seventy percent of iron ore. No, if you cooperate with each other, you get mutual benefits. If you do not cooperate with each other, you hurt both of you. Yeah, but while、uh, I, I think that such a relationship is at the forefront of, of both Australia、mm. and. China decisions、mm. when dealing with each other. There's a lot of fear, especially in Australia, when dealing with China in in any aspect. And、uh, you know, there's fears over actions like foreign investment.、Uh, so, what does China think of Australia's reaction when it comes to to dealing with it, and the the suspicion that Australia has when it comes to doing business with China? What does China think about that? Yes, I think firstly. Uh, we needed to recognize the fact that a Chinese investment in Australia, in general, is successful.、Mm. Can be said more successful than Australian、uh, investment in some other foreign countries. Apart of that, there are some cases 
which actually aroused the worries in Australia. The Australian worry or the Australian-China panic, to some extent, is self-made. Why Australians will ask themselves the question that for the first time in Australian history, our number one trading partner is not our protector. Many countries in the world, China is their number one trading partner. Mm. And do you think that there are many countries like Australia, they ask themselves this question? They do not ask themselves this question. Even Japan do not ask itself this question. Why Australia? Because Australians, they have become accustomed to be reliant on a protector and a powerful big brother. So this is uh, your tradition. This is because of your problem, the mindset of many Australians. They want to have a protection from a powerful and big brother. At the same time, they're always willing to make contributions to the big brother, to the protector. Mm. So that's the tradition of yours. And the China panic and the China phobia is because of this. It's maybe also because uh, Australia doesn't have a lot of other countries to be worried about mm. when we're tucked down nice and safe at the bottom of the world. It's very isolated, whereas, mm. whereas China shares a border with a lot of countries yeah, that it's yeah. previously had arguments or mm. conflict with. Mm. Australia is not in that situation, so we've got a lot of time to be worried about small things, maybe. Uh, I I think all uh, the reasons can be found or can be examined from the development of Australian history. Historically speaking, Australia was isolated, but Australia increasingly realised that its security interest is in Asia, Mm. not uh, in some other places. Now, one change of the term about Asia can reflect the Austrian realization and perception of the strong connection or linkages in terms of security between Asia and Australia. Now, in the eyes of um, Europeans, East Asia is far east. But in the eyes of uh, Australians, it's not far east, it's near north, right? Mm. So uh, the Australians, they created the term near north, meaning it's quite close to us. So if East Asia is not a stable, it's not peaceful, we will be affected. So it's all right for Australia to worry about, to think about the security situation in East Asia and trying to play a positive role in working together with uh, neighboring countries to stabilize the situations there, mm. to defuse tensions if a tension arises. Speaking of rising tensions, uh, with the U.S. election impending and a, a, a change of leadership and possibly a very different set of ideals coming in, and Australia having such a close relationship with the U.S., being such close allies, at least from our perception, do you think that that puts Australia in a in a position that they should be careful of with the rivalry that exists between China and the U.S. and the changes that could come ahead? Yes, I think Australia uh, should also be careful, like many other countries in the world as well, 
they should also be careful in dealing with the relations with China and the United States. Mm. Not simply Australia should be careful, many other countries as well should be careful. And uh, this is one thing. And secondly, I think the Australian way, the Australian room for maneuvering the relations between these two countries, the Australian position to balance the relations with these two nations to a large extent is decided by the relationships between the two powers themselves. Mm. Yeah. And that's something that could change very drastically in the, yeah. in the near future. Yeah. We have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, mm. Professor Ho Minyue, thank you very okay. much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. That's Professor Ho Minyue, Deputy Director of the Australian Studies Centre at East China Normal University in Shanghai. And you've been listening to Asia Rising, If you like this podcast, you can listen to other episodes of it and subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. Please leave a review there and help spread the word. I'm Matt Smith, and thanks for listening.